Hello guys, um, so my name is uh, FX uh, Charbonnel. Um, I'm in charge of the sales for Parrot in the Americas. Um, I've been in the drone industry for uh, the past uh, 12 years. Uh, we'll be actually talking about who Parrot is, what we've been doing and what we currently do with our products and especially with the latest Parrot products, the NFT USA and the NFT AI. Hi everyone, I'm Greg from Pilot Institute. We train drone pilots all over the country. Hi, my name is Haya from Drone Excel, where we cover all the drone news on our website. Welcome to the latest episode of the Pixel Drone Show, our weekly podcast where we talk to industry professionals about what they do in the UAS space. From professionals who use drone to fly inspection missions to public safety users or even drone light shows, you will learn on the Pixel Drone Show that drones are much more than just toys. Well, what's up, Ahaya? Hey, how are you, man? How was Flight Fest? Oh, Flight Fest was a blast. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, this is was this was our first time over there, but it's uh, it's amazing to see the amount of kids that go out there and are just spending the entire day building something, and then going out to the field right there. It's in the middle of this gigantic uh, empty field in the middle of Ohio. And, yeah. um, and you turn on this dirt road and then you eventually get to the field, you park your car and then they have huge tents. They have two big, I don't even know how big these are. I mean, 50 feet by 50 feet uh, built yeah. tent, two of them. They have, um, they have uh, uh, glue guns and, and spray paint. And then you get you by your foam kit or your paper card, you know, cardboard kit. And then you build your drone, your, your fixed wing aircraft or whatever it is that you're building. And yeah. then, you go out and fly it and it's it's just so cool it's so relaxed everybody was super friendly so you you and go then, ahead uh, you build and you fly what you build basically the same day yeah yeah that's yep, awesome pretty much and they have they have little kits actually ethan is bringing me the uh, one of the kits here it's a uh, just uh uh this is one of the wing this is their flight test yeah. wing and uh yeah we we actually nice. built one of them on uh on saturday we decided to go it took uh, jason about like five hours to build the whole thing with a glue gun and everything <laughs> yeah. and we wanted to get it ready by uh, at seven o'clock so three times a day they have what they call combat and combat they yeah. basically uh yeah every, every single drone that you can think of that's yeah. out there i call them drone but they're really fixed wing aircraft rc air, airplanes um goes up at the same time and they try to hit each other and take each other down uh so it's combat and uh, so you build your thing all day and then you go and do combat and you hope to take people out and it's you know everything that that uh yeah. that goes against what, what we teach people you know hitting other aircraft but it was so much fun and, and all of a sudden i mean the first time was on friday when we get there at two o'clock and all of a sudden you're like whoa there is 200 <laughs> of them at once just trying to hit each other I and then of course you see them just like bam and foam exploding everywhere and they're coming down from the ground and <laughs> it was just so much fun is is there anything yeah. else in the country that's similar where people can go to because this is in ohio Not, i mean no you don't know of anything else somewhere else no we we have something here in arizona which is uh, arizona drone fest but it's i think they're they're starting to build up to to try to do something similar on the west coast but uh, no as far yeah. as i know that's really the only event and definitely by far the biggest event so yeah. i mean flight fest is well known you know nationwide yeah it's cool it's uh it's definitely something on my list uh, of events to go to as well while you were having fun uh crashing uh crashing model airplanes i was watching a movie on uh, on netflix uh, hustle the basketball movie 
<laughs> with with yep, Adam yep. Sandler. Awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. But uh, there's there's one particular moment in that movie that kind of struck me as odd. Uh, but maybe we can ask our guest uh, more about it. Uh, at one point, they were showing the parrot Anafi. Like this is one scene where they play basketball on a street court, if I remember correctly. And all of a sudden, you see somebody f starts up this drone and pretty prominently uh the parrot anafi is being shown to the point where like all right this is this is product placement which struck me as odd because the parrot anafi was launched what back in 2018 or 19 or something so it's not like a brand new drone that needs any promotion if anything it needs a successor perhaps but uh, maybe we can ask our guest about that yeah, let's talk about our guest, actually. So we uh, we have uh, François-Xavier Charbonnel, who's the uh, sales manager for all of America's here for Parrot. And uh, he's, uh, we met him, I met him a yeah. couple of times at, at several conferences. He's a great, great guy, tall yeah. guy. You can't miss him from a, from a distance. And uh, so, yeah, we'll bring him on the show today and talk about Parrot, talk about uh, the Parrot Anafi AI. Yeah. I think uh, this is actually a drone that we've been testing. I have one next to me right here and I have some questions uh, for Francois. And uh, yeah, so let's awesome. bring him on let's the show. Get, uh, let's get started. All right. Well, our guest is here. Francois, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Good to good to see you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. So uh, let's get started with the first question, which is something that I'm always interested in when we have guests that uh, are involved with drones is how did you get involved with drones? Yes, that's a, that's a good question. So uh, it's it's been actually a while for the industry. Um, I joined I joined Parrot in 2010. Um, wow. So back then I was uh, I was living in France and um, I was very uh, passionate about, and I'm still very passionate about technology. Uh, and I had kind of like two fields of industry I wanted to work on. It was weather technology, weather uh, automotive industry, so cars. Um, and, uh, and, and Pert was basically back then in 2010 uh, at the cross path of these two industries because because Pert in the past, since Pert is an old company, Pert is born in uh, 1994, and for mm -hmm. many years we've been a leader in the automotive automotive market, um, developing and manufacturing M3 Bluetooth car kits. And 2010 is the year when Pert started with the first uh, drone, the first iPhone controlled drone, because the iPhone was mm -hmm. out, so we had a support to control the drone. And the drone was, was controlled with the iPhone with the live video feedback. It was the first drone, uh, consumer drone, uh, launched that was called the AI drone. And so I, I joined Pert in 2010. And this is how I started with the drones. Uh, to me back then, honestly, it was kind of crazy to see, um, to see a drone fly. Um, of course, we are far away from what the drones are today. And so, yeah, this is how it, uh, it all started. So, it's been a it's been an interesting journey from and we we may discuss this later but from the consumer also products to the pro products and to where we are at uh, now it's interesting though right i mean uh, parrot being uh, a, an automotive company in its in its origin uh, going into drones i mean i can see that some of the technology probably that they used for for their uh, automotive industry might be uh, applicable for drones as well but why did they why did they venture into the drone industry do you know so parrot in, in his dna is really about innovation uh and yep. 
We were, and we are still experts in, uh, in si signal treatment, voice recognition, and um, uh, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi technologies. And so yeah. we've had automotive products in the past, which is now completely um, gone. We've sold this part of the business. We've had also a line of products which were uh, entertainment products like connected devices, headphones. Uh, we were the first one uh, having uh, Bluetooth uh, gesture control headphones back in 2009, something like this. We've been the first one having a Bluetooth speaker. So the speakers that you see everywhere today, we were the first one yep. in the market with these. But nobody was really having uh, music on their phones. But we had the speaker. And, and then, the, you know, RCO is very much... a an innovation person and so um then he really wanted to um to have something that he's been always passionate about aviation and things that fly and so with all the technologies or the 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 the, the, the patents etc that we were having uh he's developed uh, the first uh, the first uh, draw um and since then well since then we've we've made a lot of progress with uh i mean the company has evolved uh, to be only today focused in drones we don't do anything yesterday uh, so drone business is the core business uh, for parrot right now is that correct yes so parrot group has two companies parrot mm -hmm. drones where we develop and manufacture manufacture quadcopters so only drones and the other company that we own is uh, pix40 uh, photogrammetry yeah. software yeah. yeah, and the fixed-wing so, drones, are they still part of Parrot or no? No, but you, you're correct. We used to have SenseFly. SenseFly used yeah. to be one of our companies, and uh, we've sold SenseFly. So Why is no that? Why did you guys... Drones. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not into, uh, into all these um, decisions that are, that are made with the company, but the, the decision has been made to actually focus on quadcopters and the use of them along with tools provided by pix 40 etc so um which i think you know it's uh it, it also makes sense to at some point focus very much uh on what uh, on on one thing and 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 dig into it uh mm -hmm. manufacturing drones at scale it's not easy uh we've we've been in the game for quite a long time now and uh and, and we know it's it's difficult you know to 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 come with innovation and then be able to produce, especially right now with all the uh, challenges we're facing in the, in the, in the, um, in, su in supply uh, of uh, electronic um, components, etc. So, um, so yeah, the decision has been made to focus on quadcopters for three different market verticals. We address defense, public safety and enterprise. So these are the three market verticals we very much focus on. Um, and then, well, Pix40, I'm not also here to talk about Pix40. Pix40 has a large suite of products for different verticals. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with them too. So, yeah, it's yeah, we'll, focus. Yeah, we'll talk about Pix40 a little bit more in a second. Um, a while back, the uh, the CEO of Parrot, uh, Henri Sedou, had said that you guys were not going to focus so much on the uh, consumer drone. Is is that still the case right now? And and if so, is the NFE AI not a consumer drone? So that's completely correct. And and um, we very much shifted the company from the consumer business to the professional industry industrial business. 
Um, why? Be- well, because the consumer business, honestly, has been a, a, a business uh, where uh, it's been largely uh, dominated by one player um, in a very short amount of time. Um, and also, we see, and, and with so with the, the, the consumer market is all, all, already decreasing. You know, people don't necessarily buy a drone that often. Um, they may buy one and then keep it for the next 10 years. So, uh, when the professional market is very much growing, the usage are yeah. being more and more in different type of fields. And then it's not only, well, you know that very well because you both are very experienced in this market, but it's not only the drone, it's actually what you do with the drone. The drone yeah. is the tool mm-hmm. in the toolbox, and then it's to make this drone compliant with different software, etc. So we very much see the future of the professional, professional drone industry when we think that the, the consumer business is kind of like the past somehow or not as active or uh, yeah 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 I so hear it's, you. it's very is correct it, Greg, uh, yeah. i hear you i mean yeah, uh, no no i i understand you could argue that uh, that's for the consumer needs uh the current lineup of drones uh pretty much satisfies i guess what what it is that they're looking for i mean drones are nowadays so capable that uh yeah, it's it's not that expensive to to get a drone that pretty much ticks all the boxes. I think for most consumers, so I understand why you guys focus more on uh, on the business side of things. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how big of a company uh, Parrot now is when it's only focused on drones? And also, uh, as a follow up question, perhaps where you guys are making the drones? Because of course, Europe, just like uh, Canada and the United States, is a high wage uh, area, not like uh, unlike the Far East. I'm curious about that as well. Yes, so. And to, to, to finish on the consumer shift, I mean, the, the, the business shift from consumer to pro, and we'll talk about Anafi AI afterwards, but Anafi AI is a professional product. But of course, people that are doing uh, videography or uh, pictures with drones can use it because of the cameras it carries. Yeah. Um, it's just a, then a matter of price point. Um, about the company today, so um, Parrot, we are about uh, all together about 600 uh, employees. Um, we have uh, offices in Paris. We have offices in Switzerland. So Paired Drones is in Paris, Speaks what is in Switzerland. Uh, we also have offices in the US. Paired Drones is in Miami, Florida, where I am right now. Uh, Speaks what is in Denver, Colorado. Um, so the, and, and the vast majority of employees, Paired employees are actually engineers. Uh, it's, it's very much an R&D company. Um, because we do everything from A to Z ourselves, meaning we, we actually, of course, source components. We put the component together, we write all the software, the firmware, everything for it. Um, so it's very much, uh, it's very much an R and D company. Um, in terms of production, so it's, uh, it's an interesting, interesting question because we, well, I, I think COVID had also repercussion for, uh, everybody and, and um, we've been always doing all the R&D in Europe, i.e. in Paris or Switzerland, but for Paris Jones in Paris. So all mm-hmm. our tech team is in Paris. Uh, all our servers where the, where the data and the um, updates, etc., everything is, is actually hosted in, in servers in Europe or in the US. Uh, and we have production in Asia and in the USA. So we actually split the production still, uh, but 
we've very uh, well we've, we've we've done a lot of investment in the USA production yeah. with the NFE uh, USA um, and uh, and yeah I mean it's um, considering the, the global scheme of things and how the world is changing uh, every day uh, being Asia or even Middle East and everything we know uh, you need to be flexible so uh, this is what we uh, we very uh, we very much work on is to be flexible on the production capabilities and where we produce so is the Anafi USA the only drone right now that's built in the US or is there is there others it's the only one yes it's the only one okay and then um, so is the US the primary market now for parrot is uh, how does it compare to the European market for example so us is a very important market for us on um on all the, the three different verticals i told you about so defense public safety and enterprise um europe having said that europe is a big is also a big market um especially in defense um we've actually got several contracts for um military in uh, in europe um you know my, well i my feeling, because I've been in the U.S. now for four years, and my feeling is that the uh, the U.S. market is uh, is ahead of the European market. Um, certainly, thanks to the legislation and the FA Part One Hundred Seven, and the fact that there is a clear path for pilots to run a program, operate legally, etc. It's it's ways in the U.S. because you have one legislation for a big country when in Europe it's more scattered um, and so Europe is growing but I think it's in public safety enterprises still uh, yeah I think the US are still uh, two years three years ahead I think that's my feeling uh, but having yeah. so having said that both uh, both um, ter territories for us US and, and Europe are very important is it is it easy to design a drone? that works for public safety in Europe and also works, especially for the military. You said you have contracts with several military in Europe. Are, are they the same requirements of what they want to use for drones? Yes, the requirements are usually the same in terms of capabilities. Um, so in terms of payload and what people want to do with the drone. Um, there is, of course, some requirements that are specific Especially, I'm thinking especially now about the US, um, because for example, on the NFE USA, we have one model, which is the NFE USA MIL, the military uh, version, which is only used by the uh, US Army because they've, they wanted to have the um, military radio on it. So um, this is an example of a specific requirements that has been made for the US, but mm -hmm. Yeah. Besides this, um, besides this, it's usually the same requirements in terms of, of capabilities and payload requirements. Yeah. So um, talking about the, the different models of drones, uh, it was funny. Like the other week, I was watching a movie on Netflix uh, called Hustle with Adam Sandler. And it's a movie about basketball. And all of a sudden, there's this one scene where they're playing basketball on the street courts and people get excited and somebody uh, starts up a drone. And the drone is shown pretty prominently, and it's the Parrot and Avi, like the original Parrot and Avi. And I was surprised okay. to see that because it, it was clear product placements, but the Parrot and Avi came out a few years ago. So I was wondering, how did it end up in that movie? I don't know if, you've, if you were aware of it. Uh, and also, um, 
are are we going to see another Paratonavi? Like, is there going to be a successor to that particular drone, or is that is that already the Paratonavi uh, AI? So, um, so I did I didn't know about that. Uh, I didn't know about this particular movie using an NFE. Um and I, I often I I mean often pretty often I see our products being used in different movies or even series, mm -hmm. and uh, I wasn't aware of it. So it's just that people pick up a drone and put it in the in the in in, in their scenario, whatever. Yeah. Um, on the Anafi uh, story, so. Uh, Anafi is basically the name of a range of products. Um, we've started in 2018 with the Anafi 4K. Yeah. Um, in 2019, we had the Anafi Thermal. Um, then we had the Anafi USA and the, the different flavors of the Anafi USA, being the Anafi USA regular, the Gov and the Meal. So there is three SKUs within the Anafi USA model. And then the Anafi AI. Um, so... To your question, will we have a future Anafi? Yes, most most probably, um, but they will. I mean, as I said, now Parrot is doing professional drones, so you can expect Parrot to very much play in the professional drone area um, more than the consumer drone. Anafi uh, 4K was very much a consumer drone. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Let's talk about the AI. Uh, we actually just received one from one of our customers. Uh, they wanted us to create a course for it because they use it a lot. And, uh, and I've been flying it and I've, I've been, I flew it with you when we were in Texas and, and I was really impressed with the way that it was flying. And, uh, and having it in hand now, I'm even more impressed. Now I do want to talk about this obstacle avoidance, uh, magic that you guys are doing with this thing. So I, I have it right here. Uh, first off, it is pretty big and, uh, it is, it looks nothing like any other drone you've ever seen. It's, uh, and you can maybe talk about the design of this. We talked about this in Texas a little bit and maybe you can uh, discuss how this became to be. But, um, the obstacle avoidance system is interesting because, uh, the obstacle sensors are right here and they rotate as the drone goes into different positions. So as the drone goes up, this will go up and, and record things up. And then as it goes down, then it's going to rotate. So the entire time you can see this thing kind of twitching as the, the position of the drone changes, which is unique. Uh, but what I was really impressed with is it looked like to me, it was building a 3D model of the area that you're flying into. And even though it doesn't have side sensors, at some point it will prevent you from going sideways because it knows something is right there because it built, uh, it looked like a 3D model. So can you confirm that this is what it's doing and, uh, and maybe explain a little bit more about this? Yes. Um, so on the, on the design, I mean, you were talking about the design and in fact, the drone looks like this very much because of the, all the imaging system we have here with the, with the different cameras. Um, this is the main camera. We, we will talk about the specs afterwards, but the, this main camera is completely independent from the obstacle avoidance system. The obstacle avoidance system is two stereoscopic camera, very wide angle mounted on a pitch axis gimbal. So it's only on the pitch axis here. And as you said, these two cameras are always running and looking in the same direction as the draw. So when you move forward, the camera will look forward, upward, backward, etc. So it's it's kind of unique because the first time you fly the drone, you don't really understand why these cameras are moving all the time when the other one keeps looking at what you're looking at. And in in fact it's because we 
we, we, we created a system where we could do uh, all around obstacle avoidance with just a pitch axis gimbal because this is this is how we do it. The camera will look in the same direction as the drone. And we, in fact, use these two cameras to to recreate the 3D environment in live. And so when, when the drone is moving, it's going to sense and avoid uh, and also learn about the environment in order to navigate. Mm-hmm. And uh, Greg, you've been using the product, but so there is something that you can you can actually try um, in Free Flight Seven, which is the app we use to control the product. In the settings, you know, when you when you have the when you when you fly the product with the with Free Flight Seven on an iPad, for example, on the top of the screen you have the live video feed, so what the drone is looking at, and on the bottom part of the screen you have the map where your mm-hmm. drone is on the map. You can change this in the settings and go from the map to the, the, to the 3D model of the cameras. And so you oh, can actually cool. see exactly what these cameras see and how they map the environment. Okay. So, I'll definitely uh, do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm, sure you'll, I'll sure, I'm sure you'll enjoy seeing this. Uh, and, and so you, it's exactly what you're describing. It's actually that we, we're mapping the environment in order for the drone to sense and avoid. Yeah, it's funny because I was flying in an area right behind our office here where we do all the drone testing. We have, uh, there's a, a big container and I was flying towards it, trying to do the obstacle avoidance where the drone actually climbs up or goes to the side to try to avoid an obstacle. And I did that forward, backwards and, and making sure, you know, it was doing its job. And then all of a sudden I, I, I went sideways and got a little bit close to it and it wouldn't let me do it. And then I looked, I said, the drone doesn't have any sight sensors. How in the world does it know that there is something there? And then I tried it under different angles and i said the only way that it's possible is if it builds an actual model of the area so then we tested it one of our employees took a big piece of cardboard and held it in front of the drone sure enough it it knew that there was an obstacle it stopped i tried to go sideways onto it it wouldn't let me do it and then he left and then i re oriented the drone towards it it knew that nothing was there anymore then it would let me do it so i was i was just very very impressed because i don't think i've ever seen any drone do this kind of thing where it builds a 3d model but now i'm excited because i can see exactly what it does and uh, i'll definitely be including that into the course that we did so yeah thanks for clarifying that that's really really cool talking about the obstacle avoidance when you go sideways it's actually pretty interesting because we we have a we have a mode which is the cameraman mode uh, in Free Flight Seven, so basically, what does this? What this does? Sorry, is that you're going to click on uh, something that the camera, the main camera, see, and then the drone will lock the target and keep this object or person at the center of the picture. Okay, and so you will still be able to control the pitch and roll, but not anymore the yo and the gimbal uh, pitch. Okay, so gimbal and gimbal pitch and yo are fixed on. What the camera is looking at, and you can over control the the roll, um, the roll and, and and the pitch. And so, um, when you do an orbit and you have the obstacle avoidance activated, basically your object is here. The drone will do the orbit. Usually, the drone will do the orbit like this, just turn around. But with the obstacle avoidance system here, the drone will adapt a crab mode like this in order to make sure it can map the surroundings because the obstacle avoidance is activated. Mm. And so when you look at the drone flying like this, you feel like 
you, it's it's kind of uncommon. You're like, what the hell is going on with this drone? Like, is it is it Daisy? Is it you know what's what? It's very unusual, and and this is because of how we do the obstacle avoidance with these two cameras, the stereoscopic cameras mounted on the on the, the pitch axis gimbal. So yep. going back to uh, to Greg's example of that uh, of that container that the drone knew was there, even though it had seen it uh, before, like how long? does the drone keep a memory of that 3D map? If the flight time is, let's say, 20, 30 minutes and you fly in that same area, you come back 15 minutes later, does the drone still know that there's a container right there? So um, I don't want to give you wrong information about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I understand it, but to be uh, to be actually confirmed, is, is, is that at least during the flight session, uh, every, all the information about this flight will be stored locally so the, the drone knows. Will it store it for the next flights if you come back to the same location? I'm not sure. It's something we need to double check, but it's actually no, a, I, a very good question. I, I didn't mean in, in, in a new flight. I meant in the same flight. So if you fly, let's say, in that parking lot, there's a container. You have a flight time of, I don't know, 20 minutes, let's say, and you fly around. And in the first minutes, the drone sees that container and you fly further. And 10 minutes later, in the same flight, you come back to that same spot. Does it still know that there's a container there? Yes, that's awesome because uh, yeah, in the same in the same. Place, yeah, yes. I mean it, it's it's cool because we now get to see different drone makers coming up with different technologies. I guess when it comes to obstacle avoidance and comparing the Paratanavi with the Skydio drone, uh, the Skydio has a real time obstacle avoidance where it's it sees a three D map, but I don't I don't think Skydio stores any of that information. I think. Uh, the way that they work is they have cameras in uh, in all directions so that they can see everything around the drone at all times. But the downside is you need more cameras. Whereas with the Anafi AI, uh, you basically have two obstacle avoidance cameras, which would save you on weight, would save you on cost, would save you on uh, the the power requirements for the drone. Are are those the benefits? Is that why Parrot built the drone this way? Yeah. Yes, and. Um... You know, it's it was part of the reflection also, and it was very much inspired inspired by nature. Meaning, mm-hmm. um, uh, birds, in, insects, they see all around. They're able to uh, avoid obstacles, yeah. uh, and they don't have uh, eyes all around them. It's it's because actually they move their head, and so they're actually able to to see around thanks to the movement of their head. And so it's exactly that we've that what we've done here. Um, so yes you you're right it's very much inspired by nature and we've tried to reduce the amount of cameras everywhere um and and then of course there is a optimization that you do when you have uh, uh, less cameras it's uh, less processing power on this yeah. side of things but then we have also a lot of processing power that is consumed with the 4g because we have a modem in the drone so it's at the end of the day, well, you, you guys know that, but it's a balance between the power you consume on one side and on the other side and, and, and the weight and the battery and the flight time. All of this is, is, is together. Um, the, the, I mean, it's the first time there is a, a drone with a 4G modem in it. And, and of course, a modem does consume energy. We have a SIM card slot uh, in the drone, so you actually Put the SIM card directly in the drone to connect it to the to the um, to the carrier network, and this is also very very much an industry first. So it's it's a balance of 
how you do all these things together. Follow-up question right away, uh, since you mentioned uh, a 4G modem. Is the 4G modem, is that for beyond visual line of sight so that the drone can fly further, or is that getting ready for remote ID, or both? <laughs> I don't um, So the, um, the 4G, why did we put 4G in it? We've, we've put 4G in it to uh, offer... Uh, a very robust and solid link between the ground station and your drone in all circumstances, as long as you have 4G. And if you don't have 4G, it's not a big deal because you have Wi-Fi. So how does it work? As soon as you start the drone, the drone will uh, automatically establish both connections, the Wi-Fi and the 4G. Um, if you are in auto mode, every 100 millisecond, the drone will scan the environment is in and select Wi-Fi or 4G. So and so for the Wi-Fi, you know how it works. It's it's just Wi-Fi antenna on the controller and Wi-Fi antenna on the drone. For the 4G, we have a SIM card in the drone that is connected to the network. And for the controller, we use um, we use for example an iPhone or an iPad with a SIM card in it, and the device gives the connection to the controller. And so the, 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 the control is connected to the 4G and the drone is connected to 4G. And so we can do, um, we, we can do operation in a very busy environment like mm -hmm. a city. Um, I've got some fire department that reach out to me from very busy city and, and they're very happy to, to know that at all time they can rely on the, on the network because in a city, the 4G is very strong. However, because of the towers, etc., a Wi-Fi link or, or RF, RF link can be, uh, can be a bit tricky. We can do EV loss, extended visual line of sight operation. And to your question, yes, we can do BV loss. We're BV loss ready because that could be, uh, so, hey, you say you're in New York and, and Greg, you are in, uh, well, in another part of the Arizona. US. Arizona, I could be here with my controller taking off an NFE AI that is with, uh, with you guys yeah. from here. So we can do BVDOS operation. Now, of course, I want to be careful. People are listening. There is a lot of legislation. Uh, BVDOS is, uh, and, and, and you, you guys very much know that. So there is waivers, etc. cetera. BVDOS is, is becoming, I really believe it's the future, but for now, uh, there is a regulation and limitation. Also, uh, one of the advantage of having 4G on the drone is that you connect it yeah. to internet. So you can, well, today, one news that we can, we can tell you about is that we have um, the drone, well, with FreeFlight 7, we log in uh, with Pix4D Cloud. And so you can send the images directly from the drone to the cloud while on flight or even after the flight, because sometimes 30 minutes to send a large amount of images is not enough. So, um, but, but so... So that's an example. And, and then you can think about a lot of different things that can be done with a drone connected to internet. I mean, it opens a lot of uh, different um, uh, mm -hmm. options. Yeah, so that's that's about it with 4G. 4G is, is very much uh, an industry first. Uh, we're paving the way on this. Um, it's it's very interesting. But the sensation, I don't know, Greg, did you fly with the 4G on the NFEI? No, we, we don't have the 4G, unfortunately, with ours, but um, it, it would be interesting to see, actually, the difference between the two. You, you just need a SIM card, huh? It's, uh, it's very easy. Yeah. So you, yeah. maybe you should oh, experience it. I'll see if it. we can set it up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so who's the yeah. um, who? Uh, I was going to say who, who's the target market for the NFE AI? Who who do you want to sell this drone to? So the the drone has been designed very much with uh, with enterprise customers in mind. So which is inspection, uh, mapping, construction. The good thing also with NFE AI is that. You know, with an NFE USF, for example, you have to switch between Free Flight 6 and Pix4D Capture to do all your photogrammetry flight plan. With NFEI, we've merged everything in one app. So it's very easy to do a photogrammetry yeah. mission with NFEI. Um, you, of course, have the different options, which are Orbit, uh, Single Flight Plan, uh, um, Double Grid. And we've, we've put another option. I don't know if you've tried this one, which is one-click mapping. So basically, we have a map. We have the buildings. You click on one building. Automatically, the flight plan is established in the app, and you just have to confirm the height of the building, and the drone will fly automatically and do the photogrammetry mission. So back to your question, the drone has very much been designed for uh, inspection, mapping, uh, construction, etc. However, it's also uh, a very good drone for public safety. Um, and... We were talking about 4G capabilities. If you think about it, because this is a, a topic that is growing, DFR, drawn as a first responder. If you think about it today, DFR program are actually built with a drone, but with a software in between in order to operate the drone remotely. Um, mm -hmm. So the ground control station is having an app and so then going through the cloud, etc. With an FEA, you can do this right away potentially because the, because the drone is connected to 4G and you can control it uh, wherever you are. So um, mm. that's one example for public safety. And we're actively working on DFR uh, with one of our training partners that you know very well. They were actually, well, the, the last uh, the last pixel show I have uh, watched was with uh, with Matt from uh, Skyfire. So Skyfire is okay. one of our, of our partners for training and um, we work with them on the DFR topic. Um, so... Yes, enterprise use, but also public safety use. Mapping, a lot of public safety folks use mapping for accidents in reconstruction, these type of things where they need a map to be created very quickly. So you can set up your photogrammetry mission, fly, uh, fly and then process in, in a offline or online solution. Pix4D React, I really like Pix4D React. I think it's a great solution. So NFEA is also is also um, is also a very good product for public safety as long as you don't need thermal because it doesn't have thermal. So that's um, yeah, uh, that's only actually. I was just uh, taking a quick look at the uh, the spec sheet for the um, Parrot Anafi AI, and I was wondering because especially when it comes to photogrammetry and mapping, a lot of people still swear by the uh, DJI Phantom Four because it has a mechanical shutter. And it allows you to map faster, basically, because you can fly the drone faster and still get um, accurate uh, and, and detailed uh, photos. I noticed that the Parrot Anafi AI has a global shutter. Uh, was that done on purpose to make the drone more specific and better suited for mapping uh, missions? Yeah, it's so you know it's 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 always funny when you compare when you compare specs like side mm -hmm. by side. In fact, you really. It's, it's interesting also to see it uh, flying. Uh, for example, so the, the camera that we have is, is a half-inch 48 megapixel, when on the Phantom 4, for example, it's a one-inch 20 yeah. megapixel. Um, and so we, we fly and map 
twice faster with an NFE AI with the rolling shutter. Uh, so the drone doesn't, doesn't stop. It's actually flying and uh, taking the imagery mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, and uh, we, we, we achieve a very uh, high GSD with the, uh, the camera that we have compared to the same flight plan you would have done at the same altitude with a Phantom 4. We've published some, uh, I, I'll send you the, the, the details, but we've published some comparisons side by side uh, between both, uh, between both drones. But so again, it's, you know, it's, um, it's not so much on uh, what exactly are the specs of each part and each part, etc. It's how you yeah. put them together and, 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 and you do, uh, you do the job. Greg, did you, um, did you do some photogrammetry with the AI yet? It's on our list to do this week. We uh, we got a drone last week, then we had to leave on the trip. So it's definitely on our list to do the the one touch. I saw that in the option, and uh, it's it's coming. We're, we're, we'll be testing that out and and having fun with it. Okay. So okay, cool. you mentioned earlier in our in our conversation that uh, you guys no longer have fixed wing drones and you focus on quadcopters. Um, which surprises me somewhat because if you look at the Parrot and Navi AI and you see the, the the mapping capabilities of that drone, uh, specifically the camera, basically, is, isn't that something you would want on a fixed wing drone? If you want to map larger areas, let's say in terms of I don't know agriculture or in case of a disaster, and you have rather than just one building, but you want to be able to map a large area, having a camera like that on a fixed wing drone wouldn't that be like the ideal combination or? I mean, uh, you, you're right. If you want to, if you want to map very large areas, the fixed wing is the right way to go. Um, um, now what, like what, what we're doing, I mean, we very much believe uh, this is something you will always uh, see, or you can actually relate when you look at all the parrot products that we've done. We very much believe in a lightweight portable drone. We don't have any, uh, industrial big drones or so we, we believe that the drone, Tomorrow, the drone will be like your smartphone. You're going to be having a drone that is very, very capable, but small and easy to deploy and fast to deploy. So um, along with this philosophy, quadcopters make more sense to us than, than fixed wing. Um, but yeah, depending on the use case. And, and you're talking about agriculture. Um, we've been uh, very active in the, in the past in agriculture. In fact, uh, MicaSense, the, the, sense, the multispectral sensor, uh, products were was our company. We've we've also sold Microsense because again, like at some point, like today, we focus on professional drones and the primary market we target are defense, public safety, and enterprise. Can you do agriculture? Um, can you do agriculture with an NFA? Yes, sure, you can. Is it the best product to do agriculture? Not mm -hmm. necessarily because you may want a, a multispectral sensor. You know, it, there is. You, you, I mean, I'm sure you would agree on that. There is no drone that suits yeah. it all we try to have mm -hmm. products as versatile as they can be um because we, yep. we think it's important for people to be able to do the maximum things they can uh but still i usually have the question because on anafi usa anafi usa is a is a blue suas and there is no indoor drone today in the blue yeah. suas list so i often have the question can i use my anafi usa indoor Yes, you can because the product work in a GPS denied environment because we have a stabilization system like on the NFE that you have with the ultrasound sensor and the VCAM. 
Is it an indoor drone? No, it's not an indoor drone. It's not an indoor drone that like, like all the brands are really like focusing yeah. on, but you can use it in an indoor scenario. So it's where the, the boundaries are sometimes in terms of use and product capabilities. But, um, yeah, so that's, um, that's, that's where we are with, uh, with Anafi AI, very much designed for, Anafi, for, uh, for inspection, mapping, uh, and also, uh, and also public safety. Yeah, and I, and I think it makes sense to have a drone that's that has a purpose. And you can't, like you said, you can't make a drone that's going to do everything. So people need to know what they're buying and what they're limited to, or you know, if that's the application for them. So um, let's talk about Pix4D. We we brought that up several times. Uh, what does Pix4D bring to the brand with Parrot? So the the two companies operate independently. Um, however, because they, we're part of the same family, we're very much integrated with Pix4D suite of products. Um, which means, for example, that with any paired products in the current range, Anafi USA or Anafi AI, all the data that you're gathering from the drone can be processed in the different, uh, Pix4D products, i.e. Pix4D React or Pix4D Cloud or Pix4D Mapper. With Anafi AI, we've pushed the boundaries a little bit more with um, with Pix4D and the integration. Um, Pix4D is integrated in FreeFlight 7 um, because your FreeFlight 7 account, well, your, your, your app is connected to the Pix4D cloud directly, so you can send the data directly. And uh, also Anafi AI is fully compatible with Pix4D Scan and Pix4D Inspect, which is the dedicated uh, tool for uh, telecom tower, well, tower inspection, especially telecom tower. Um, so to get back to your question, because we're part of the, the family, the, the, the integration is always very, uh, very, um, very much done. We're very close in terms of integration. Um, however, Pix4D is our company, but it's, it's a philosophy across the board for Parrot. Uh, since we've started with drones, our SDK is opened. We very, our software development kit is open. We very much believe in, um, in the ecosystem and we very much believe in letting people access our product to develop or to run their own app or software. Um, so SDK is a big, is a big, big topic for us. And, um, and Anafi AI is, is actually, a, we, we, we allow the access to the ground SDK. So basically you have an app, you want to communicate with the product, but we also allow the uh, developers to code directly on the platform, directly on the drone. Um, yep. So yeah, we very much push the boundaries also on SDK. So if you're in the first responder community or you are a commercial drone operator, uh, why should people buy the uh, Paratanafi AI versus any other drone? Like what's, what's the sales pitch? What are the specs and the price that, that should convince people to get this drone instead? Um, the, the, well, I, I would say first the 40. Yeah. Um, honestly, experiencing the flight with the 4G robustness in terms of signal and um, you you just know that whatever happened, you will have connection, whether in Wi-Fi, whether in 4G, but it gives you a lot of different, you know, um, it's a peace of mind. So the 4G is very much uh, in terms of connection and also in terms of how the product will evolve because now that we have 4G, I, we can take a bet here 
but uh, but I'm pretty sure that we will see a lot of drones with 4G in the future. However, it's very complicated to do, and this is why it takes time. Um, but but 4G, 4G, mm-hmm. 5G is I I think the future. So that's that's the first uh, the first point I I think that people need to take into consideration. Uh, then it's the uh, is the uh, overall capability of the product with the, the imaging system that we have, the, the, the camera at 48 megapixel half inch, the obstacle avoidance. Um, I also think that the interface, the FreeFlight 7 app, is very easy to use, uh, has a lot of different options in terms of missions. So we discussed about the photogrammetry. We have a cam- the cameraman mode. We have the touch and fly. So you just click on the map, the drone goes there. We have the vehicle mode. The vehicle mode, so uh, the vehicle mode will allow you to take off and land from a moving vehicle ah. with the product. So this is yeah. this is very unique. Uh, we've been working f- on, on, on on this um, for a long time. We also have the capability on Anafi USA with a technology with a company called Plank Plank Aerosystem in San Diego. They are experts in takeoff and landing from moving vehicles, and we work very closely with Plank. Um, but so, you know, the, it's all these things together, the 4G, the obstacle avoidance, the imaging capabilities, and then how we've put everything together within Free Flight 7 that make this product very, uh, uh, very interesting and very Yeah, no, I, I, I think, think it's, I haven't flown it yet and I haven't had it in my hands yet, but based on the specs and based on what I heard from Greg, uh, I think the Anafi AI is, uh, is, is groundbreaking in many ways. Um, you mentioned 4G, 5G. Do, do you think that if we look into the future a little bit, that's, that's how drones are going to be controlled through those networks rather than Wi-Fi or radio transmission? I think there is a bright future for uh, 4G, yeah. 5G in drones, yes. Yeah. Cool. I do All right. think so. Um, Switching gears a little bit, Blue SUAS. We spoke about it uh, a little earlier in the show. Uh, can you share with us what it took for, for parrots to become a part of that program and how to get their drones approved by the U.S. government? Yes. Um, so what happened with, with the Blue SUAS or the NFE USA? Um, in, 20, uh, in 2019... The uh, U.S. government was uh, concerned about uh, security on uh, all the small SUS that were um, that were flying uh, in the United States. So they wanted to have companies to uh, develop a product that was very secure uh, and that was passing their stringent process in terms of security and cyber uh, vulnerability, etc. Um, so as a result, they've, they've put a program together that was called the SRR program, the Short Range Recognition Program, uh, where they've selected back then it was five, yeah, six, six yeah. maybe six companies, uh, yeah, um, where they actually funded based on, of course, the steps of development and the progress uh, in order to achieve and have a small drone with some specs, so uh, a good RGB camera, a good thermal camera, etc. Um, that would allow them to do reconnaissance uh, missions uh, in this program. Um, at the end of this uh, pro- program, uh, only one won, but 
since they've actually invested money in the different uh, drones that were also good platforms, they've decided to put together these drones and put the Blue SUS program. So the Blue SUS, the Blue US list 1.0, the first uh, five or six approved, uh, is actually uh, the result of the short range recognition program. Um, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of uh, what it took us to, to be a blue SUS. Well, it's been a, it's been a lot of work. Of course, uh, we, we had to go through the very stringent process of, uh, having all our firmware, software audited and vetted by the different entities, the communication between the ground control station and the platform where the data, if any, is stored. Um, and, and again, you know, what is important in this is, is not really much about when we talk about the, the data and where the data goes, we're not talking about the videos or the pictures. We're talking mm -hmm. about the telemetry. Um, it, it doesn't really matter to uh, have pictures and videos of the land, etc. However, if you know where a pilot is and where the drone is, uh, this is a big uh, topic. And we've, we've seen this in, in recent conflict uh, in, in Europe using drones. So, um, anyway, so we've had all this, this, this process and then also it was, it was to make, to make it in America, to make it in the United States. So the NFT USA is assembled, uh, in, uh, in Boston, well, next to Boston. Um, of course, it has been a lot of challenges. I mean, uh, even if we've been, uh, manufacturing drone for quite a long time, manufacturing in a new country is always a challenge. It was during the pandemic. So as a reminder, we had a uh, travel bans between Europe and, and the US, so we couldn't fly engineers. I mean, it's been a, a, a big a big topic, but uh, but the, the result is here. And so as a result today, Alafi USA, we have three drones in the range, the Alafi USA regular, which is not Blue SUS because we have the Sky Controller 3 uh, being used, the, the, the Sky Controller that you, you, you've been using on the Alafi 4K. And so you have to put your own device on this controller in order to be blue, for example, you need to have a built-in screen. So NFE USA regular is made in USA, but not NDA ATA. And then we have the NFE USA Gov as for government and the NFE USA MIL as for military. And these two are fully NDA TA compliant and approved on the blue list. So I have <clears throat> somewhat of a difficult question and, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I think about the UAS, the blue UAS program. And then I want you to tell me why I shouldn't think about it this way, but, or, or maybe that my approach is correct. <laughs> but the way I look at the blue UAS program, it, it has limited, um, the availability of certain types of drone. And I know we have version 2.0 now with more drones that have been approved, but. Um, why can't the blue UAS program be simply a list of specs that have to be met and that any manufacturer in the world, regardless of country of origin, uh, can apply as long as they meet those requirements. And, you know, going back to what you just said, you said, you know, we had to prove to the U.S. government that, that our drone was secure and this and that. Why can't any drone manufacturer from any country in the world do the same thing and prove that their drone meets those requirements, at which point, why should we turn them down and make it available to our soldiers or to the people that need them in public safety world? 
And it's, it's in fact a difficult question because I may not be the best person to answer it. Maybe it's a question <laughs> for the government or the DIU office, but, 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 but I'll try to give you my, um, my point of view. Um, I, I agree with you somehow that the country of origin is not what necessarily matter. What necessarily matter is, um, how the drone is built in terms of software and firmware, how is yep. everything secured in the communication with the drone, where the telemetry data is stored, um, and also, I believe, how the manufacturer, uh, the manufacturer, the company is uh, funded or is owned, etc. Because you want to have. Um, uh, you want to make sure that there is no uh, government uh, involved in a drone manufacturer, I believe. Otherwise, uh, it, it kind of uh, it, it's it's a difficult uh, it's a difficult um, it's it's a difficult position. Um, now, because we have the example, for example, if you think about a battery uh, under Blue SUS and the NDATA, you cannot have a battery uh, manufactured in in certain country, uh, but it's also very difficult to find batteries in other territories. I mean, uh, um, and is a battery very, uh, very dan dangerous as such if it doesn't send data, if it's just uh, giving power locally, uh, not necessarily. So, exactly. So, so mm -hmm. I, I mean, this is really, really much my point of view. Is is the, we know that there is potentially security threats with the data and with uh, mm -hmm. where the data is going, if the data leak, etc. Yes. Um, is it fully related to where the drone is put together or where the components are made? Not necessarily, but uh, we need to be very careful in what, you know, what we, we take in there. Like there is very uh, important things that need to be secured. For, ex for example, um, on NFEI, we work with a company called Wisekey in Switzerland, and this company produce um, component that and we have one in NFEI that act as a safe. So basically, this component will um, will have all the encryption data, all the security code, um, all the keys um, in order for the drone to be secured, and it act as a safe on the drone. So we know that it cannot be tampered, and uh, this is very important. Um, these companies in Switzerland, but you know, it's, it's what they do that is important. So that's, that's my answer to your question. But, uh, again, I'm not the, the government. I don't know. We should I, get I somebody from the government. We should get somebody from the government no, the, on the show. Is, is uh, Greg, I think we need to work on that. <laughs> oh, Department yeah. of defense, Homeland security. <laughs> um, question I had for you. Um, we first had blue SUS 1.0. Now we have 2.0. We have new drones being added to the list. Uh, I think that's awesome. Um, do you know if the, if the US government has fine tuned and, and perhaps, uh, improved the, the requirements that companies need to meet for their drones to be blue, uh, SUS, or is that list still the same? Um, my understanding of the topic is that um, they've done the blue SUS too because they wanted to add new capabilities to what they were already having. Um, to, because if you look at the products that have been approved, uh, yeah. one is a fixed wing. We know it. Uh, we know it pretty well. It's uh, the Sensefly EV. Um, 
Another one is a large platform. I yep. think it's uh, FreeFly or something. Yeah. I think I think it's this one. Um, yep. <laughs> oh, there is WingTroll, so another fixed wing. So basically, basically they they want to they want to enlarge. They want to make. Uh, yeah, they want to increase the capabilities of the Blue SUS in order for people to pick yep. and choose depending on their use case. Back to what we were saying, if they want to, I don't know, map a large area, they may need a fixed yeah. wing. Well, now they have a fixed wing. Um, and I also think that, um, you know, when, when we think about the Blue SUS program that is run by the DIU, um, it's something recent and uh, it's getting better as it goes. Um, the first version was built on the SRR. They found that this was very useful and now they're building the next list. And I'm sure that at some point they will have requirements and it's going to be a checklist where yeah. you tick the boxes or you don't. And so it's going to potentially be easier for some companies to have their product listed on Blue SUS. However, I think that again, all the security topic and potentially also the country of origin or the final assembly, etc., may very much remain a, a key, a, a key, um, a key differentiator yeah. for. Is, is there anything similar our... happening in Europe? I mean, Europe, of course, is more fragmented with all the different countries and governments. But is there like a European Blue SUS initiative, or not at all? Mm -hmm. Not that I'm aware of. Um, you, you you say it right. I mean, Europe is very much more fragmented. Um, I think. Some countries, and again, uh, I'm French and uh, I'm European, but uh, it's been a, quite a long time I left France, so I'm not I'm I'm more aware of what's going on here in the US than, than Europe for sure. Um, um, we see rising in some countries the concerns around security and data protection, etc. And as a matter of fact, if you if you um, if you think about it, uh, Europe already has. Uh, a certification for companies that respect the data privacy, which is called uh, the GDPR, General Data Regulation Protection. Uh, we are we are approved under GDPR as part. So Europe is trying to put all this together uh, now, specifically uh, for drones. Um, not that I'm aware of, at least. Let's uh, let's talk about the the COVID effect and the chip shortage. I'm sure you're still feeling the pinch, as many other manufacturers are. Uh, anything that you had to do differently? That uh, and and are we seeing the end of that chip shortage anytime soon? And, um, from what I know, because um, I'm not in the procurement, but from what I know, it's been of course it's been a challenge. Uh, it's the chip. It's uh, some other parts. I mean. Uh, it's always something different. Um, it's the first time we face a situation that hard and, and we've been, again, I mean, manufacturing drone at scale is not easy and we've been in, in the game for a long time. So we, we know and so we usually mm -hmm. use to manufacture a large volume without any problems. So we had to face a new challenge with the COVID situation. Um, what it has changed is that we need to plan much more ahead for our needs and for our procurement. So um, now, um, currently, we, we, we are actually planning for uh, procurement of components in 2024 already, in 2022, which is not something we used wow. to do before. 
so this is the big difference. I, I, I feel yeah, like that makes sense. Uh, I would love to know what yeah. you guys are planning for 2024. Maybe we can uh, talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, you <laughs> back, back. Yeah, well, I was hoping you were going to say something. Perhaps <laughs> no. Uh, back in April 2019, uh, one of the <laughs> best-known uh, monuments, uh, tourist uh, attractions in Europe, especially in France, the Notre Dame uh, in Paris, uh, caught on fire and and burned pretty uh, pretty badly. Uh, yeah. I know that drones played a critical role in in saving uh, that monument. Uh, can you talk us? Can you talk to us perhaps about what happened and also how much of a, um, how do you say that, in, increase in awareness of, of how drones can be useful for a society that must have been uh, in, in France? Uh, uh, yes, I, I, can, uh, I can relate on that because I'm French and Notre Dame uh, used to be not very far from me when I was living in Paris. Um, but I mean, the, the use of the drones that they've done there is um, not really different from the use of drones that we mm -hmm. see all the time from fire departments in the US. Basically, what was very convenient for them was to have a, a drone equipped with dual camera, an, an RGB camera and the thermal imagery to go and see through smoke, which we know is a, is a, is a, is a prime uh, use of the thermal imagery on a drone. Uh, and so they could actually monitor um, the fire as a whole, uh, where it was expanding, plus uh, give details on where the hotspots were and where the, the, the fire department need to, need, needed to focus. Um, so that's, that's about it, about the, the use that they've, they've had, which is yeah. a typical fire uh, scenario uh, used by a fire department with, with a dual capability uh, drone, uh, RGB plus thermal. Um, about the awareness of drones, um, in France, it's difficult for me to comment. Um, uh, yes, I, I think people may have seen the use of it. Um, and my feeling with, with, with France, I don't know, uh, again, it's difficult because I don't fly too much and I'm not there too much, but, um, I'm going to give you a, a Fun example. Last time I was actually flying one of, of our drones in France, in, in a small city, uh, west of France. And, uh, I was flying from my own garden uh, above my own house. So, um, I was within my property. Suddenly a, a neighbor came and, uh, he was very worried that I was grabbing, uh, videos and pictures because even yeah. if I was above my house, I could see his house, I could see his garden, etc. So I think, I think the privacy, topic and uh, is very, very strong in, uh, at least in France and maybe also in Europe. And so um, that's why regulation, certification, uh, pilot license is so important. And, and, and that's why also I think that in the US we have progressed much more because we gave a framework on all this. Yeah. Um, also education. People now, a lot of people know about drones. They used to see drones. I see a lot of drones in, in the US. I see a lot of people flying just for leisure in, in Miami on the on the beach with their drones. I mean, I see them everywhere. In France, you don't see that huh. many people flying their drones on the beach. Um, so, it certainly played a role in in, in showing the good um, the good things a drone can do. When you see an example like the like Notre Dame, um, but still, I think there is a there is a lot to do in Europe to educate people yeah. and show them all the good things you can do with drone in a secure manner. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Manner, I mean, 
yeah. on on our shows and also when it comes to drone news a lot of times it mm-hmm. seems that people know about drones because their their cousin got one for christmas or there's some horror story that somehow involves the drone and the drone is the bad guy and uh, i think it's important to uh, to educate uh people and, and show them the different ways in which drones can be used for good and i think in the case of the notre dame that was very clear uh, we've had a case here with uh, Surfside, the condominium towers in, in Florida that collapsed and drones played a crucial role basically in, in documenting and, and monitoring that, um, that, that site. Uh, so I think it's, it's good to, uh, to get those stories to the foreground and tell people like, hey, drones are much more than just a toy and they're, they're being used to save lives and to prevent accidents. Um, going back to parrots, uh, can you tell... As what's next? I mean, the Parrot and Avi AI, I think, came out about a year ago. Uh, you're already working on things for 2024. Where is the future headed when it comes to uh, the Parrot drones? Like, what, what can we expect next from you guys? Yeah, so uh, I will not disclose anything here, and it's even information that I don't have. So I don't even uh, know what, you know, we're working on a lot of things. And um, what is, what is sure is that, well, NFI, so you, you're right, we actually announced it a year ago, but in fact, it came to market. Uh, we had the first units uh, shipped uh, beginning of this year. Um, what what you can expect is uh, for Pair to continue to be a professional drone manufacturer, uh, to be very present in the three verticals that we've, uh, we've just um, described, so defense, public safety, and enterprise, uh, that to be Continue that to continue pushing the boundaries of innovation, like we've done with the 4G, and and try to make, you know, the, the product more uh, well easy to use, but also more um, uh, solid, and and with a, more options in what you can do and how you do it, um, and uh, and it's a very important yeah. thing, uh, secure. Because uh, this is uh, this is a key pillar for us. It's the security um, with the way we do things. So so that so that's 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 how you will see that evolving the, in the future. It's and and with portable platforms. I mean, uh, in terms of form factor, we very much believe in 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 in, uh, in portable uh, drones. So yeah, that's appreciate it. Thank you. I have for you now. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> Hi, I was looking for the scoop. Uh, what uh, <laughs> our our last question is always the same for all of our guests. So, uh, and this is always the tough one. What is your favorite drone to fly? Uh, it's a tough one uh, for sure because um, they all have uh, pros and cons. Um, in the actual range uh, that we are having. Yeah. I really like the AI, uh, and this is why I was telling you about the about the 4G. Uh, it's uh, once you've tested it and you've seen the robustness of the link, etc. It's very interesting and it's 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 kind of uh, it's kind of very exciting. Uh, however, um, a drone that I really liked also from Perth ah, was uh, yeah. was the Disco fixed wing, the Perth Disco. Yeah. It was the, the fixed wing that we've made. Yes, but it, it was a fixed wing that you were flying manually. So it's not a fixed wing that you use for mapping where you have a flight plan established. It's a fixed wing that you could fly manually with FPV glasses. Um, it was super innovative at this time. Um, 
was it uh, was it ready where the where the customers ready for it i'm not sure because it was very futuristic somehow but i used to live in the middle east i used to live in the in the united arab emirates and i was having a lot of fun flying this fixed wing drone manually with fpv wow. in between the sand dunes that was a lot of fun so so this, this was a cool favorite drone also. i love it <laughs> awesome. i think it's cool well <laughs> well, Francois, t thanks a lot for your time today. It's uh, it's been very insightful. We're glad that you join us, and uh, yeah, well, uh, this will be going live on Tuesday. And uh, for all of our followers, uh, we have a little message coming up for you. Okay, thank you, uh, thank you very much, uh, Greg and Hey, and um, let let me know if you have any question uh, when using the NFI. I'm here to help. Yeah. And, uh, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, awesome. Thank to, you for for joining soon. us on the show, uh, Greg.